Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where you're just like, you're just talking and, and then it goes live? Yeah. <laughs> I think you pulled it uh, <laughs> What a great joke, Alex. That was so funny. Uh, life, <laughs> life, life, life is good. All right. Well, we're probably live right now on YouTube. Welcome, everybody. I'm Nolan Kelly here with Alex Baker. We are doing our very first DraftKings Best Ball Draft of 2020. Alex, are you excited? I'm, I'm pumped. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Definitely, man. Yeah, like I've been doing these best ball drafts on DraftKings a lot. I have like 40 drafts that I'm doing right now, like concurrently. <laughs> so That's it, amazing. So, are you able to upload your projections? Is that how you're doing them? No, I mean, I just uh, I have an idea like where I want to take each player. And you can yeah. edit your rankings, but I didn't actually do that because it like it's so much work to, to update like 200 50 players basically so i just kind of uh it's a lot it's a lot the nice thing is you can just have them sorted by the DraftKings default and then you have an idea of what round like everyone's going to go in so if you're like scrolling down a bunch to get to the players like maybe wait because they they're not going to go and for a few rounds and that and that's kind of one of the edges this is why i've, I've wondered like how some people can upload uh, i think last year you could do it with draft or you could upload your rankings or with yahoo but also what you're doing, you're kind of missing out on some of the opportunity there by uh, uploading your rankings. Let's say, you know, you want David Johnson a little bit higher, as we'll talk about. Then you have your rankings are going to just take him higher as opposed to waiting. And you can get him like a round or two later. Right. Yeah. I mean, David Johnson is a great example because his ADP on DraftKings is like 50. I have him yep. as one of like like end of second round like i mean mm-hmm. we know the kind of talent he has and then last year he was just super injured so a little bit of a risky pick but like i found that like you can get him in third and fourth round and then you just have like an absolutely stacked roster because you can get that tight end or uh yeah. tight end or, the or quarterback. quarterback you know early and then you're, you're in business so what have you been finding man yeah, so I totally agree with you there. I, I've been waiting on a lot of these guys, like your David Johnson's guys that we have as value plays because they are going later. Lev Bell as well as another one of those guys we're going to talk about uh, because, uh, you know, stra- that, that kind of strategy is going to come into it a lot with best ball. You might as well wait on those guys and hope that they fall. Sometimes they won't fall to you, but the reality is we're going for a million dollars here. And if you're going to take David Johnson where you have him ranked in the, in the, you know, late second, early third round, that doesn't give you nearly as much of an edge as when you can wait to like the fourth, fourth 
fourth round. Sometimes I've even got him in the fifth round because he's ranked so low on DraftKings. Before we do get into everything here, though, I just want to give a shout out to uh, to you and and, uh, and our whole team for designing our fantasy football draft kit here. It's twenty nine ninety five right now. You get a thirty five dollar credit at FFPC, so it's basically free. You get paid five bucks to sign up for this thing. We got our draft wingman. We got our rankings. We've got a best ball tool. Uh, we've got strength of schedule, which I love. It's a strength. It's a strength of schedule based off projections, and this is a more data driven approach. So you're not going to find industry consensus takes. You're not going to find the same old talking points and the same old guys. Kind of this echo chamber that fantasy football has become, where totes just influence totes, and it, and it becomes the same guys get ranked out of kind of groupthink or hive mind. So this is basically like your your DFS process that's gone into the best ball pro- projection. So uh, it's it's an advantage if you're going to sign up for this package, right? Yeah, I mean, I just took my DFS model for NFL and I projected all all the games in the season, uh, the 256. And based on that, I'm able to kind of give you a good idea who's going to be really good in the playoffs, like what's the overall projection, and then like how the projections of all these different players compare because a lot of times the hype does exceed, you know, what a reasonable expectation is. And we find that a lot. Uh, when we see how these players are going in the draft. Yeah, 100%. So what we have here on our screen, we've got the DraftKings uh, live draft best ball, which should be filling right pretty soon. We're at 10 of 12 right now. And then over here, we've got the draft wingman tool, which is very valuable. You can cross off which players uh, you have on your team. It gives you an idea of how much value they are adding to your overall score. So there's there's a lot to um, a, a lot of advantages that you can gain by using that tool as well. So um where are we at here alex are we at uh we're at 10 of 12 we got two more picks do you i've got a lot of like just best ball questions so i think what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to do this draft and i'm just going to kind of pick your brain as we go and see kind of what your general thoughts and strategies are about uh, a lot of bigger topics that people are talking about whether that's stacking uh whether that's waiting on players things like that so um i guess first question is do you uh, do you are we hoping for a pick here do you do you want to get one of these top three slots? Because my personal experience so far has been that I love getting a top three pick, getting Saquon, getting Zeke, getting Christian McCaffrey. And then you're still getting one of these top tiered kind of like tight ends or quarterbacks in the second round pretty much 95% of the time. So uh, sometimes you can even get two of those guys on the way back if your draft is especially not sharp. Where is your preferred draft position? I feel like your odds of winning are way higher uh, if you get the number one draft pick because Christian McCaffrey is, like, hands down the best player. So, like, that's a six-point difference between him and Elliot, who I have as my number two draft pick. Um, Six points a week. So, I mean, like, that's a huge difference. And then... (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah, it's like you get get 24 and 25 pick, like... I mean, that's not great, but you can usually get, like, undervalued players in that spot. But then, like, Mm -hmm. there's some degree of, like, you just have to get lucky and, like, have a unique combination of players. Because if you do get Chris McCaffrey, it's going to be really hard to pair him with another really good player. So if someone does drop from the top 15 or something, that's a really unique combination. And you're just saying how you got Chris McCaffrey with some some really stacked uh, stacks there. Yeah, like it's happened to me a couple times where I've gotten Christian McCaffrey, 
George Kittle and Lamar Jackson. Like that is a, such a huge edge on the on the rest of the field in that draft. Like, you know, there are a million things that are going to happen over the course of the season. One of those guys could get injured and we could be screwed. But you've got the number two tight end, the number one running back, the number one quarterback, and those guys are all pr- like you know fairly fairly highly above the the uh, projections for a lot of the the players that are coming next so for me like that's that's where the kind of edge comes comes in as well with some of these top three picks or the top one pick because you do get that second top player yeah i mean that's huge because like in this tournament you're going to be competing against a lot of people that have similar rosters and if someone drops that gives you a really unique roster to compete in these finals uh we can talk a little bit about the structure. I can't remember offhand like how it works, but like basically, like all the leagues combine at a certain point, and then mm-hmm. like- yeah. So the so the number one team in the first round moves on to the next round, and then I can't remember how it was. It was like top two, I believe, top two or three advanced at in, for FanDuel last. Uh, last year and then it was I can't even remember it's like top three and then it was just like you know the final 40 or 50 teams or whatever yeah so uh, that's really interesting because what you're going to find is the same guys are going to be in all those teams that that Mm -hmm. make it and like you're really going to need a unique combination of players to differentiate yourself from those guys yeah, like, for example, Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey were probably on, like, 80% of the teams or something that made it last year, right? Like, that's just the way it was, and it ended up being something unique. I believe it was, like, a Ryan Fitzpatrick stack that actually took it down last year. Like, so you got to get a little bit creative at some point in the draft, whether that's stacking up a low-owned stack, whether that's doing something like um, – uh, taking players off the boards in the last couple rounds, like we saw Terry McLaurin, for example, last year, went largely undrafted in a lot of these best ball leagues, I think, but was you know uh, you know one a great pick if you're if you're actually drafting at that point and you kind of like you know you decided to take him over say an Albert Wilson or an Alan Hearns like I had ninety in ninety percent of my drafts last year. <laughs> <laughs> nice man, yeah. Oh, Albert Wilson, that that one's so painful. Of course, Juju oh, Smith Schuster. Last year, that was the big biggest draft bust for me. Like, and yeah, it was uh, a tough one. Yeah, it's like and not out of your control though. Nothing you can really do about that. I mean, like, sure he had a weak year, but I mean, who could see Ben Roethlisberger going down, right? Yeah, I mean, do- like, there's a lot of luck in this, and that's why maybe you you got to approach it like a GPP where you build a bunch of lineups that have different players and yeah. try to build a different build each time. That's a, that's a, another another thing I wanted to talk about as well is like, do you approach these best ball drafts? Let's say you're doing a number of best ball drafts, like it's a, you're maxing out this twenty dollar one, it's one hundred fifty max. Are you approaching it like the way you would a GPP in the sense that you kind of want various exposures to players? So maybe like you're high on Cooper Cup, for example, you want I don't know forty fifty percent exposure, and then you know like even if you're low on someone like Odo Beckham or Baker Mayfield, you still want to get some exposure to those guys. Yeah, I like it when those guys drop to me uh, because there's a lot of guys that, that go a little bit higher than I have them. So then, like, I don't have those guys very much. And, like, sometimes yeah. making a pick that, like, you got to have some system to to make a pick that would be different than just your normal pick because otherwise you're going to end up with the same four guys, like, every single time you build a lineup. <laughs> this, 
this is something I, this is a trap I fall into quite often as well. Yeah. Uh, you just fall in love with the same players over and over again. We are at 10 of 12 here. Should I just enter this draft? Like we've been at 10 of 12 forever. Yeah. I've got a phone here. I could just enter it. I just don't know if like, is that, is that cheating? Like, is it <laughs> it's two guys and we're just like talking? Oh, I feel like it's, it, little... man. Like, oh, we got, we got in. And we got, we are taking Zeke Elliott, my man. Let's yeah, go. So like, this is an interesting spot like i feel like i'm the only person in the industry who has zeke higher than than saquon yeah like I, i'll tell okay. you my reasoning but like am i do you just think i'm crazy because of that <laughs> no i i don't think you're crazy like i think it's totally fine like i don't think there's much between those guys one thing i wanted wanted to ask you though was like one when, when you're drafting second overall and you're taking zeke elliott 100 percent of the time essentially that means you're not going to get any Saquon Barkley, right? So right. what I've been doing is just like when I get a second pick, I take Saquon. And sometimes Zeke even slips to third or fourth. So like I'm still getting enough Zeke Elliott shares or like occasionally I will take Saquon with that with that second overall pick just to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, that's a good point. If you take Saquon too, like everyone takes him too. So then you're going to have like an equal amount of Elliott and Saquon, I guess. Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to be all fancy like – I also, I haven't figured out DraftKings completely because I feel like Michael Thomas might be the best pick at number two too. Because don't don't do it. Don't do well, it. Well, no, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to do it uh, this time. But let me just uh, explain. Are you running out of time here? Do we need to no, pick? I got, I got 14 seconds. So Michael Thomas averaged 24 points last season, and, and Elliott averaged 21. So I yeah. feel like that is a big difference if you expect Thomas to continue that this year, which. Maybe not 24, but you expect him to outscore Zeke. Then um, maybe Michael Thomas is the best play, but then like all the running backs fly off the board the first two rounds, and you're stuck with really bad ones. Yeah. This this is the thing. I mean, it's it's something that's debated a lot in fantasy cir- fantasy circles. The zero running back. What I found is like because the variance of the wide receiver position. If you can get one of these bell cow backs. It just makes your draft so much easier because you don't have to reach for running backs to fill out your roster. You don't have to like, you can take the wide receiver values. And so what I found is like, if I can sometimes even go running back, running back and like even take a David Johnson or a Lev Bell in the third round, you're so, you're so well positioned for running back that you don't, you, you can just load up on wide receiver, take 12 wide receivers and you can just embrace the variance of that position because, you know, Kenny Stills is going to have his days. Uh, uh, Randall Cobb, uh, you know, maybe Michael Pittman. Maybe you find that that rookie or that Terry McLaurin uh, that goes off. So, my 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 like it it feels a lot less safe to have the zero yeah, one of these teams where you go with Michael Thomas. But that's just me. Like I, I totally understand where you're coming from with the with the higher projection, right? Yeah, uh, man. Anthony in the chat says take Michael Thomas over Christian McCaffrey. That might be taking it too far. But uh... whoa, <laughs> Anthony, come on now. Take it easy. Simmer down there. This is yeah. happy hour, all right? We don't, so, we don't want to get too out there. Like, I, um, it, it all comes down to, like, what the options are. So if it's, like, Miles Sanders or Julio Jones, like, I guess I have Sanders projected. I have him higher ranked than Julio Jones, so that's a bad example. But, um, like, Aaron Jones versus Julio Jones or something where, like, um, it, like Julio Jones is a much better fan. Maybe this is still a really bad example, but um, if you have like a Michael Thomas versus Miles Sanders, it's like there's such a gap there that 
you want to take you Thomas, take Michael Thomas. But yeah. like if it's uh, if it's close, maybe you go with the running back. That and that makes sense, right? Because you've got like you know it's a positional advantage. You've got the number one wide receiver. Um, one of the things though that that I, we haven't talked about, and I don't think a lot of fantasy people are talking about, is what's the effect on COVID going to be? And I feel like if it's going to up the randomness of of these drafts, you're probably better off going zero running back because like if you know a couple bell cow backs get covid all of a sudden if you can grab their backups later on in the drafts or whatever maybe you get lucky uh maybe zero running back is more viable this year oh man uh this could be a tough Lamar. so Lamar. Um, well uh you gotta take it out i think i might go with godwin here uh i i kind of uh i feel like uh I mean, he's the highest ADP player here, other than Mahomes, who's overdrafted yep. a little bit. I feel like Godwin yep. with uh, with Tom Brady, that'll be good. Good situation. Sounds good. Now, here's a here's a good question for you, uh, because you have Mike Evans ranked pretty low, uh, relatively speaking. Yeah. But we have the opportunity to reach for Mike Evans here and pull off a Tampa Bay double stack later on in that draft. Uh, is that something that appeals to you? How much would you reach for a receiver like Mike Evans in order to pull off these stacks? Because what we've seen so far is that stacks do really pay dividends in best ball championship tournaments like this. I know, yeah. I mean, I'm happy getting Brady and uh, and Godwin as my stack, uh, but there is advantage in having that double stack because maybe one week... Uh, let me pull my wingman here. I think that my, my highest-ranked player here is David Johnson. Uh, it so is, yeah. That's who I'm like I think you with. wait on him, though. He might come back. Like, well, the thing is, like, I'm not drafting for 22 more picks. So That's like, still, like, David Johnson. See, this. I think this is where <laughs> I, I, was, I was curious to hear your thoughts because, like, in that position, I've, I've gotten David Johnson a number of times on the way back. I, I know, yeah, but I, like my draft pick is going to be close to fifty, and like the thing is, like I'm not expecting any good running backs to be on the board, so maybe I get lucky and ones on the board, but like a lot of times but I'm like, just going to be on an island here. So, but wouldn't you rather like wouldn't you rather take Lev Bell there? You, I'm 100 percent sure Lev Bell won't be available at that pick. Whereas David Johnson, there's probably about a 30 to 40 percent chance that he would still be available at that pick. Do you consider like like taking a slightly worse projection like Lev Bell in order to give yourself a chance at grabbing David Johnson on the way back? It's like an intriguing play, but I feel like the gap in like those players. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No 
purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For me, it's pretty high. I know it's pretty close on here, but that's partly because I, I ding David Johnson for the injury history. And yep. in best ball, like for a million dollars, I'm not as worried about that necessarily. So I'm, I'm just trying to set up my roster. So like, I, I think I, I didn't have a great draft position where it's like you, you wait 22 picks uh, for it to come back and then none of the players you want are, are there anymore. Like, But you're right. There is a decent chance that David Johnson would have been there. Yeah. And like, I, I see your point there. Like you're kind of going, you're like, to me though, that seem that does seem like a safer play. Like you have a highly projected David Johnson. If we're going for like the tournament win, why, like, aren't you really just aiming for like those perfect lineups that you can construct every once in a while that, you know, are like way better than the field. Like when you do get that, that maybe you take Bell and David Johnson does fall to you. Like, is, is that, not a higher uh don't you have a higher chance of winning taking down a big tournament like this if you take that risk or do you disagree with that no i think you're right like i I probably made the bad move there because like (laughs) although david johnson might not have been there when i drafted next like my lineup would have been so good if i took um a wide receiver or something and then david johnson came back like it's not going to happen 100% of the time, but my lineup there would be really solid. So that is a yeah, really good fair. strategy. Or maybe you like mix it up. If you're mass multi-entering, right? You don't necessarily need to do that all the time. Watch me eat my words here and have Lev Bell available at the 47 <laughs> pick. I guess that's not totally out of the question here, considering his ADP is 43. I know. Like I don't. I know there's some hate in the industry because uh, for Lev Bell because like last year, I feel like the Jets just had a horrible year as a team. And yeah. Lev Bell like sucked. Sam Darnold got mono. <laughs> like <laughs> I know it was a terrible year. And like they're actually one of my favorite secondary stacks because they're really easy to pull off. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're like if you miss out on some of the stacks that you want to complete, somebody snags your quarterback, whatever. Um, like Sam, like a like a Brashad Perryman, Jamison Crowder, Denzel Mims, Chris Herndon. Uh, Sam Darnold stack is totally viable towards the end of the draft and you can pull it off and like by slate reaches in three successive rounds. So it's something to, to definitely consider. Oh my God, we're going to get Lev Bell here, man. I'm, I'm, this is crazy. We got to take him, right? I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just take him. This is okay. He does not usually fall this far. And then I think if we can get T Y Hilton too, like I know Hilton, I feel pretty like no one, no one drafts Hilton, but with, Philip Rivers. I mean, that's another quarterback that's always on the board, and yep. I feel like with the change in quarterback from from Tyrod Taylor to Philip Rivers, they're going to be passing a lot more. And Hilton, yep. another guy that gets injured a lot, but he's he's a fantasy monster. Like when he was with the Andrew Luck, so I'm thinking Philip Rivers could be even better like maybe i'm being overly optimistic here no no i think you're right and like i don't know like we're we're not too many years removed from ty hilton being like a second round pick right it's really just the injury history and the fact that he's turning i believe 31 this year so i like i've been snagging ty hilton like crazy because the worst case scenario like you said like rivers over jacoby Brissett is an upgrade in the passing game uh even though rivers deep ball is is lacking a little bit these days but 
T.Y. Hilton uh, st- probably still has one to two good years left. It's really just a question of whether or not he can stay healthy. And if he can, you've got yourself maybe a, a borderline wide receiver one, wide re- early wide receiver two, uh, and you're getting a bargain basement price on him. So he's probably, I'm going to say, my one of my or my most owned players uh, this year. And, and I'm, I'm happy because it totally agrees with your rankings, right? Yeah, I mean, like, he's the ultimate kind of wait for him to fall guy. That's kind of one of the, the things I like that you suggested in this wingman is the recommended draft position. So mm-hmm. uh, we have him at 32 as far as ranking, but 42 as far as recommend drafted position. So that that really helps you develop a strategy to to get these guys at the and, and maximize the rest of your roster. So I kind of messed it up because David Johnson we have at 34 recommended draft position. I took him at 20 23. So yep. maybe not the best move by me. I'm still learning. <laughs> That's, it's all so, good, man. Like we, we worked out perfectly because I would have said take Lev Bell and take David Johnson on the <laughs> way back, but we got them both anyway. So we, sometimes, and that's the thing about best ball. Sometimes it just like, sometimes these drafts just work out so smoothly and yeah. perfectly. I was telling you about a draft I just had like right before this call where my team went Saquon, Travis Kelsey, Pat Mahomes. Like those are my first three picks. It was beautiful. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it's an absolute shit show and you can't get the guys you need or the stacks you need. Right. That's so. awesome, man. Uh, we got a couple of questions in chat here. So William Shoot. says, I'm late. Did we talk about where to draft QBs? So my strategy, like you never want your stack to the QB for your stack to get taken before you got a chance to draft them. So I'm thinking like, I'm willing to take them around before their ADP. What's your strategy, Ben? I think that's that's uh, exactly what I think as well. And there's a great article. Like the guys that established the run do a really good job as well. They have a great article up about stacking. Uh, you should go check it out as well. Sign up for both packages because those guys are amazing. Uh, friend of the pod, Evan Silva, of course, uh, doing uh, doing those shows. Uh, maybe hopefully we'll get them on on the contrary as well this year. Um, so that's it. That's exactly what the the general recommendation is. Like one, maybe one and a half rounds too soon to guarantee your stack. Yeah. So. Um, so where are we at? We've got we've got Tom Brady and we've got Philip Rivers. So we're we're at a point now where we have a kind of mid range quarterback and a late round quarterback that we could stack with our wide receiver ones, which is a good spot to be because it's really easy to just reach around early for Philip Rivers if you have to. And because we're going close to the snake, we could grab a Michael Pittman or a Paris Campbell right next to Philip Rivers, and it makes a super easy quarterback, wide receiver one, wide receiver two stack. Nice. Going back to one of your questions earlier, like our, our topics of discussion is like, I feel like COVID, what we're seeing at MLB is so many games are getting canceled. And mm-hmm. if you get a game canceled, like having really stacked teams is going to help because like sometimes you're going to be screwed, but other times it's like there's half the teams on a bye and then like your team just smashes that week. So God, I, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Like it could be, it could absolutely, we could absolutely have some cancellations. So, yeah, I mean, MLB, like, I, I don't know if, um, if they're going to do the same thing as MLB, but they're just canceling games left and right for COVID. So like, that's definitely something that's weighing in my mind. It's not as much about getting the handcuffs. It's like just having guys that are playing, you know? So like, yeah, that, 100%. that would be hard to do. Right. Hey, I have a question for you before you pick. So we've got Tyler Boyd and AJ Green right next to each other. Do you have any interest in pull, trying to pull off a Boyd Green stack and grabbing Joe Burrow later? 
That that's a pretty good idea, man. Um, let, me, <laughs> let me do that. I right, guess I should take green take, because take he has green. the lower yeah. ADP. Although he does have the Q tag, and that does tend to lower ADP a little bit. But worst case scenario, we get stuck with like Jarvis Landry or Devin Singletary. The, the thing is, I don't. Uh, I guess I have Boyd as a decent pick. Uh, oh, this is the yeah. Yahoo. So let me pull the draft. To me, the, so so this is one of those ones. Like you're you're you're. Uh, I think you're kind of like. You're kind of the middle of the pack on a, on these on these uh, Bengals, but this is one where there's there's a pretty high variance, right? Where you don't like if Joe Burrow is excellent, if he's if he's a polished rookie, and you know it's really it's way harder to predict how good he's going to be coming in, right? So we could be in a situation where he is actually a polished elite rookie. All of a sudden, Tyler Boyd and AJ Green suddenly are looking a lot better as what as picks, right? So this is one of my one of my favorite stacks to pull off when you're in the one, two, three range, because it's very easy to guarantee yourself both Boyd and Green. And then you can grab Bro early if you want to, the next pick or or uh, after that. So, one, uh, but one, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I agree that we don't know exactly what to expect with the, uh, the Bengals this year. But one thing that is really concerning is like last year, they just threw the ball like 67% of the time because they were down so much in games and because mm-hmm. Andy Dalton never runs. But then you got a quarterback coming in uh, who, who runs the ball a lot more. So I expect them to pass less. And I, I don't know if, I mean, you're right, he could be really good from the get-go, but uh, I don't know if that's a like reasonable, like, it's it's an outlier performance, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, hard to sure. know because like we don't have any data on him. Cer- certainly not suggesting you do this like all the time, but I do like the fact that you can kind of this is one like the the, the thing about stacking in these in these DraftKings uh, best balls is some of the stacks are really hard to pull off because of the various ADP. Like it's it's hard to not it's hard to pull off like a Rivers Pittman Campbell stack, for example, because all three of those guys are right next to each other. So you really have to reach for one of them. Uh, there are various stacks like Giant stacks are really hard to pull off because you have Darius Slayton, Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram, and Daniel Jones, all within like 25 picks of each other. And then there are stacks that are like if things fall your way are very easy to pull off. So I, I kind of like let you, sometimes you just have to let that draft fall to you. Like I've only managed to have like you know three or four Burrow. Uh, uh, AJ Green and uh, Boyd stack, so it's not like like I've got a lot of shares or anything. That's a good point. Yeah, it's like when those two guys are right next to each other, it's really hard to get that combo of players. And if Boyd has a big game week fourteen, and then AJ Green has the big game week fifteen, then you're like you're gonna win your your league. So that's that'd be <laughs> absolutely. Awesome. I'm in. Also, like let's talk here. Do I get like a five percent? Like, if you win the melee with this lineup, <laughs> I, I want like five percent. All right. Yeah, I'll right. know which lineup it is because it's got this Bengals double stack. <laughs> um, Beautiful. But yeah, I think that uh, th- that's uh, it's interesting too because uh, we got with uh, Burrow, he he might get better throughout the season. So mm-hmm. like they could peak like right when the the biggest weeks are and that could be really yep. big for for your uh best spots yeah 100 percent. like and that that's a great point too right rookies do tend to kind of uh have a little have a few growing pains as we 
as we uh, get in there or get, get into the season. So, all right, we're coming up to kind of like a weird stage in the draft here where like this seems like a little bit of a dead area to me. There's not a lot of like steel players. Like usually guys who are, you have pretty highly ranked, like Julian Edelman and James White are kind of off the board by now. Hopefully like maybe one of these guys will slip. What like what are you thinking going into this pick here? Like, are you looking at your roster and saying like, what do we need to add to it? Are you just still looking for value plays? Do you want to add like Tom Brady to the Godwin stack? What What are you thinking? Yeah, I think we got to add Brady at this point because he's just not going to uh, fall if we wait. So the the only question is, do I want to take him with this pick or the next pick? And I feel like um, there's a lot of good options on the board. So I'm just going to probably take the safe option and pick him now. Yeah, that's fair. Do you like? I know you're not high on Rob Gronkowski this year. Would you consider pairing Rob Gronkowski up with him since we don't have a tight end now, or is that too much of a risk? That's a or good too point. much of a reach. Yeah, sorry. Um, I think. Let me see where I have Gronkowski because I see Higby's on the board. I know Hig, Higby's our guy this year, man. Yeah, Higby. Like it's interesting because like you have to read between the lines a little bit with Higby. Um, it's not like crystal clear is the end of uh, 2019 where he just like destroyed what closer to what it's going to be or is Gerald Everett being healthy going to reduce his playing time and yeah. I think like probably somewhere in between oh man like this is uh, no <laughs> hopefully I don't miss my pick here but uh, like I, I feel I, I don't feel like Gronk has I mean his last season was pretty rough as far as fantasy, but mm-hmm. maybe you're off. He's just healthier, like so. Looking spry. The 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 only thing is I feel like um. I kind of like Debo Samuel here, because mm. wow. See, I think you could probably wait on Debo, and I think he might be. He, there's like a fifty fifty chance he'll be around when we well, get back. Well, his ADP is one hundred five. But that's cumulative, so this is before like the injury news got bad, right? He's been dropping, I think. Okay. All right. We'll see if that. He might works not here. be. He might not be. I'm just throwing it out there. He does <laughs> tend to fall. It's up to you, man. You 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 make your call. Higby, whatever you want. Like Higby's Higby's pretty solid. Like, I'll just go with Higby because we need a tight end that that's going to score like every week, and I don't know yeah. like what did Gronk? Uh, I wonder what his fantasy <laughs> average was like two years ago, but I can't. I mean, it's not great, right? Yeah. Like he's been he's been injured so much, uh, as well. Like you know, the, this this Tampa Bay offense has a lot more weapons than previous right. incarnations of yeah. the New England offense, yeah. right? So I mean, they got OJ Howard at tight end too. So I mean, he's he's not great, but <laughs> like <laughs> maybe maybe Gronk maybe. is playing second fiddle. We don't really know. I mean, that's a that's actually an intriguing last round pick for us uh or or close to last round pick for us with this stack because oj howard like you know bruce arians offenses tend to like kind of be a little bit wary on the tight end there's some conflicting information there but if rob gronkowski were to get injured all of a sudden you've got aj howard oj howard catching passes from tom brady and we've got a we've got a double stack that no one else has so maybe we consider taking him a little bit later on in this draft towards the end yeah he's a nice late round pick because like the what I'm looking for in that situation is a guy that is one injury away from being like the guy. So like yeah. OJ Howard definitely fits that criteria. Hundred percent. 
getting back to Higby for a second, uh, this is this is one of the most polarizing players I think in fantasy. There are there are a lot of people that hate him and a lot of people that are high on him. You're one of the you have one of the highest rankings on him. Uh, some of that is based off of his you know five game stretch where he did have great fantasy point production games like five in a row, I believe. But he also played a lot of bottom tier tight end offenses, including I think maybe the Arizona Cardinals twice, like which was just one of the worst t- tight end defenses of all time. Um, and then, of course, they've got the the upgrade with um, Clemson safety linebacker hybrid, uh, whose name I forgot, Isaiah Simmons. So um, my question for you, though, is like with the Rams running like 11 personnel and three wide receiver sets, was that a pro- do you think that was a product of them just having three wide receivers that could uh, make that were difference makers? Do you think Sean McVay is going to go to more like now that he has Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby? Like, would you say he's going to go to more two tight end sets or more uh, get the tight ends on the field more? Because it seems like their their wide receiver core with Josh Reynolds and Van Jefferson is like wide receivers three and four are a little bit it's it's weaker than it's, than it ever has been, right? And, and mm-hmm. most coaches would adjust their scheme to get away from 11 personnel for sure yeah i think that is a good point that without cooks on the team now there's uh the replacement player isn't going to be like getting nearly as many targets so that's one positive um tax day is coming oh no but if you sign up for robin hood gold's ira with a three percent match you can get up to 195 dollars for the 2023 tax year oh yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC. The thing with Higby that in, in, in my data, like he's always been targeted a lot when he's on the field. It's just that he's not on the field as much or he wasn't at the start of last season before Gerald Everett got injured but I'm thinking like he was so effective in those games that like he really showed that they need to feature him more and it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a narrative but I feel like um Gerald Everett he like started getting healthier and he was even inactive or maybe he just wasn't healthy enough to play but um it's not like they're rushing ever back. Like they're really leaning on Higby, and he he was incredible. So I'm not projecting him to, to get 100 yards five games in a row, but I think having uh, having him on your fantasy team is definitely something that could pay off big. Makes sense to me. Uh, Rob Gronkowski just sitting there. Man, Alex. I, I think now we got to take him. I like, I what like you it. Think? I like it. I love it. Uh, who else have we got here? Like, who are you reaching for at this stage of the draft? We're not, maybe not, sorry, not reaching for is the wrong word, but like, uh, who are you targeting based on your projections right around here? Tariq Cohen is a guy that's been up there. James White's usually gone by this time. Um, it gets a little bit thin. I, th- I think like it depends on where your position is. Dallas Goddard is a guy I've been getting a lot of mm-hmm. right here. That this, this kind of seems to be the Titans. Uh, where you can grab tight ends if you've missed out on some of the top guys. For sure, yeah. We see it here. There's like five tight ends or all at the top. And uh, maybe maybe getting Gronk here because he's a stack. Like that why not, awesome. right? So yeah, why not? Um, the other guys I'd be looking at here, um, 
I like Rashad Perryman. I think at, on the Jets, he could uh, have a big featured role. And then that kind of pairs well if we want to get the Jets stack with Le'Veon Bell as well uh, yeah. later in the draft. Uh, is uh, is is um, Jameson Crowder's gone, right? So Oh, he's he's gone, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's pretty much like down to John Brown and, and Perriman here. And the nice thing about per- grabbing Perriman instead of Brown is – is Perriman up next in our? Oh, I thought we were on the clock, and I was like, "Pretty good job, Brown." <laughs> uh, the nice, the nice thing about grabbing Perriman as well here is you've got another possible quarterback stack later on in the draft. So if you're grabbing a John Brown, well, you know Josh Allen has already gone. That's not a stack option. I don't know if that pl- actually matters at the end of the day, but uh, you know, with you have Perriman, you could easily you know circle back and grab yourself a nice. Uh, a nice stack of Denzel Mims and and uh, and Sam Darnold if you need to, right? If your other stacks falter. So I'm a little worried that Joe Burrow. Oh, Joe get... Burrow! We got to take Joe Burrow. Okay. We have yeah, to because our next pick is 143 and yeah. his ADP is 144. Thank so. God you caught that. I was spaced <laughs> out there. We we have to take him. Yeah. I so mean, let's, can per- we? Can... Perriman. He wouldn't have been a bad play. It's kind of like what you're saying, where we got to get lucky a little bit and then. He would have been a new stack we could make later. Um, yeah. So that wouldn't be bad. But we got honestly, of- there's there's a chance Perriman is going to be there on the way back as well. Like there's you know there's so many wide receivers in yeah. this range that you can take, which harkens back to our earlier conversation about grabbing wide receivers. Like I am happy just grabbing wide receivers in this range. The Perrimans, Robbie Andersons, uh, Preston Williams, Sterling Shepard. Like there's so many guys that you can just add to your roster at this point that are going to have three or four big weeks throughout the season, almost guaranteed. And, you know, when you combine those guys, if it all works out to the same point and you're getting, uh, you know, those guys have, it all works out to the right weeks and they're, they're having their elite performances on those weeks. You've got the makings of a very good team. Definitely. Yeah. I like it. Um, and we see every year, I mean, the variance in wide receiver performances is so crazy. Like Robbie Anderson is a great example because he had three weeks where he got over 20 fantasy points and a lot of weeks where he put up duds too, which is yeah. like perfect for best ball. So perfect, yeah. yeah. He's the he's the he's like Diet Will Fuller. <laughs> That's another guy, guy that I've been getting a lot. It's sad that someone picked him off the board like pretty early. Um, but that's a guy that he should be the wide receiver one if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and that's a guy that's, I love and that's, in like fifth round or sixth round. Me too. He's he's gonna like if he stays healthy, he could be. You know, he's one of those upside picks that could win you your draft, right? We're going probably too late right now. Yeah. What, uh, like, have you been able, what do you do with the Houston stack? Because Deshaun Watson, Brennan Cooks, Kenny Stills, uh, Will Fuller, David Johnson is hoping for a thousand, thousand season. Uh, who's, <laughs> am I forgetting anyone? Is it Kiki Kute? Who's the fourth wide receiver there? I, I can't remember. They're like, too wide. Um, or at least in previous years, they've got a lot of two wide receiver sets. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so like, are you stacking? Like, can you, like, there's a, there's a, another, another stack that, Oh, it's Randall Cobb. I was forgetting Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, uh, any of those guys, like th- those guys, that's another stack. If you want to take Deshaun Watson, that that's appealing. Do you have any preference for these wide receivers other than Fuller? Are you going with like a two man stack there, a three man stack? I feel I, I don't end up with the Houston stack a ton because it's, it's hard to get Watson. He gets taken off the board pretty early. It's like the same thing yeah. you're saying where it's like, he's taken off around the same ADP as Will Fuller. So that makes yeah. it hard to pull it off, but it's something I stack. I like, um, 
and then uh, getting cooks, he, he is like the next round, so that makes a lot. Uh, that makes a pretty easy stack. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. What when you're so when you're doing these stacking, like I'm, 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 how how do you approach stacking? Do you let the draft kind of come to you, and or are you trying to like line up your receivers beforehand to target your court quarterbacks? Well, no, I, I want at least three stacks in my lineup just because, uh, like, you're going to get three quarterbacks, so you want to plan ahead um, yep. to get that right combo. So it looks like we kind of locked in our stacks. We got Cincinnati, Indiana, we got Tampa. And Tampa. So, yeah, so uh, we – so do we want to take, like, a Michael Pittman or a Paris Campbell and a Phillip Rivers? Um, yeah. Rivers I mean, we can probably wait on until the next round. I don't know about that. His ADP is like 150 or something, right? Let me let's, pull him let's, up. Where's the quarterback? 166. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Like, it's probably 50-50 that we get reversed. Yeah. So. I'll definitely wait on him for this pick. If Like, the thing is, I, I don't really see anyone that I love at, at this range here. So what, about, uh, what about Preston Williams? James Washington? Uh, this who else is, we got? This is usually Dallas actually, Goddard. We we need a. Do we have? Two, oh no, we got two tight two tight ends already. Um, I I think this is where I usually go for that running back that could win your league, and I see a lot so, of these guys have already been taken off the board. But uh, Madison, Boston. Latavius Murray are my favorites. Um, yeah. But, but I'm kind of keying in on Boston Scott here. How are you feeling <laughs> about like Boston it. Scott? I mean, I think I think big upside. I think there's there's a scenario where he's he's uh, more utilized than a lot of the people in the fantasy community think he's going to be. Matthew Barry is chiming the the bells about Miles Sanders' usage. So if he uh, he he's the kind of he's the kind of back at this at this draft pick that I think you want to get because not only does he benefit greatly if Miles Sanders is injured, but he also has a role in. Uh, Philadelphia's offense if he doesn't get injured, right? So yeah. you still are going to get some production regardless of whether or not Miles Sanders does get injured this season. Yeah, that, that's big because you on, on those bye weeks, you need to get some points. And the guys like Madison and Boston Scott, they're not going to put up... I mean, I think Madison averaged like six points last year, but mm-hmm. that's... Uh, a lot better than zero. So <laughs> that's uh, that's another reason I like those guys. Although, like a lot of times, you can get guys that will average higher amounts that don't have that upside at the same spot. So, so we we're going Rivers here. Rivers Hilton stack. That's what I'm thinking. I just don't want to lose out on, on Rivers. I'm I'm really high on him this year too because I feel like the Colts passed a ton when they had Luck, and then with Brissett, they shifted more to a run-heavy offense. I mm-hmm. think that now they got, got Rivers, they're going to go back to passing a lot. So that's what I'm anticipating. All right. I like it. We got any questions in chat here for uh, Alex? Fire away. Tube said Happy Scott is Cream Hunt light. Cream Hunt's another guy where he's like, yeah, that's a great comparison because Cream Hunt, he, he had a, a monster role in Cleveland even with uh, Nick Chubb. And yep. uh, he could easily be a RB one if uh, if Chubb misses games. So have you managed to get him, or he's never fallen? I've gotten today. zero Kareem Hunt. I have Man. zero Kareem Hunt shares. I'm, I wonder where he's being drafted because um, people are reaching. They're, yeah. They and like are. It, yeah. Let me pull up his ADP because I'm I'm really curious. Uh, oh, 65. 
Um, and he's he's ranked way lower on DraftKings. This, this, wow. Yeah. Interesting. He's ranked 104. So let this, me see. What, uh, I have him at 43. So I, I need to take my own advice here and start moving. Me up, too. Up me board. too. This is a good. It's a good moment here. I want to be taking some Kareem Hunt because because uh, uh, I don't want to be missing out if Nick Chubb gets injured. And that's a this nice segue to another conversation here about some of the guys that you have ranked a little bit lower than the consensus. Nick Chubb is one of them. I think the argument against Nick Chubb is pretty clear. His usage rate went down. His work in the passing game went down when Kareem Hunt got back. Is that basically why you're not uh, as high on Chubb as the consensus? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's mostly just because I think there are a lot of great options. And, like, especially on DraftKings where you get uh, you get the full point for uh, receptions that uh, Nick Chubb is a great play. It's just that he's getting drafted really high. Uh, so 13 is his ADP. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm just not willing to take him. Uh, that high when I, I feel like there's better alternatives. Uh, and second first round running back that you have low, Joe Mixon. Can you talk a little bit about why you have him low? Yeah, I mean, uh, the bottom line is like he averaged 15 points a game last year, uh, getting pretty much the same workload that we'd expect this year, where he was like the bell cow back uh, when he was playing. So uh, it's just he's getting like the same usage as some other guys. But mm-hmm. Cincinnati's offense just is a lot worse, and he doesn't receive the ball quite as much as some other guys. So I just don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't think he's a bad play. I'm just a little baffled about why he's getting taken in the first round. So why do you, um, what do you do with someone like Joe Mixon? In terms of like when we talked a little bit about how like you're 150 maxing, you were very low on Joe Mixon. What percentage of lineups would you actually take Joe Mixon in if you were 150 maxing and you're very low on him? Zero, probably, just because, like... Zero. All right, good to know. Yeah, I mean, like, you got to make some stands, and you don't... you Like, it makes sense to, to take a, bat, a worse player if it's, like, contrarian, but mm-hmm. in this case, it's not. Like, he, he's, like, the chalk, and I, I think he's not, like, going to live up to that hype. So I'm just off him uh, completely. All right, so let's uh, fair enough. Let's figure out who. Do we need? Do we? Are we taking a running back here? Because like, is like, are we going for? Oh, I guess Pittman and Campbell are gone here, so we don't need to pull off the double stack. So we gotta, we gotta make a decision quick. So I'm just gonna. James Washington. Uh, maybe we go with the. Uh, uh, Denzel Mims, I love it. Yeah, he's he's another rookie that like he's gonna be playing, so that's enough at this stage for me to take and a shot. I think he he's actually one of my favorite late round picks there because there's just so much variance with his outcomes right so you have jameson crowdy or brashad perriman and you have lev bell but like who else is going to start in that offense right i know it's adam gase slow pace it's terrible offense but like there's a chance that he you know finds some chemistry with sam darnold maybe brashad perriman becomes that like kind of outlier play and all of a sudden denzel mims is like you know the go-to guy in in, in the new york offense not out of the question right definitely um yeah, so we gotta find some high upside guys to, to fill out our Who, roster. How's our, how's our roster? What are we looking at? So we got, we got Zeke Elliott, Johnson, Lev Bell, and uh, that's it. Boston Scott at the quarterback position. Three quarterbacks, two tight ends. We're balanced, what? so I feel like we just gotta take the high, highest upside yeah. play. 
this is one of like is it oh highest upside no I, uh i feel like no um, Corey davis then. oh we could get t higgins he uh yeah let's do it triple, triple stack. stack you gotta love that i love it right? absolutely triple stack double stack double stack maybe we grab jack doyle too so we've got <laughs> there we go. I like it. so we've got uh we've got rivers and ty Hilton. we've got burrow and the triple stack and we've got tom brady rob gronkowski and chris godwin this is like the this to me is a, is one of those drafts where things have kind of fallen really nicely for us like though we've had to reach a couple times we maybe could have gotten um t higgins around later you know there are a couple couple situations where you know in an ideal situation you might get that player around later but you pretty much just kind of have to reach at that point. Would you consider taking OJ Howard if he falls to us again? Or, or, yeah, uh, no I dice? usually take three tight ends. Um, so just because you have so many roster spots. So that makes a lot of sense to me. Just kind of like um, he's nicely correlated with our lineup and mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of a handcuff situation where if one of them gets injured with Howard and Gronk, maybe the other gets bumped goes off Um, so let's this is this is a a good chance to talk about handcuffs how are do you approach handcuffs in best ball because there are many like many schools of thought like and in fantasy like sometimes handcuffs are deemed as like a safe play in best ball it almost seems like they're guaranteeing you a floor week to week right yeah and season long it's a great play to take the handcuff to your running back because Mm -hmm. you uh like you're replacing your number one starter potentially with a guy that is going to be projected really well whereas like if you have a handcuff to another running back you're upgrading maybe your second running back to this handcuff if the injury situation breaks the right way that's not nearly as big a a swing so like in season long taking the handcuff to your quarterback seems like the mathematically correct play now in best ball we're not worried about floor because uh first prize is so much so like okay so let me let me interrupt interrupt you there for a second though because like if you have like a situation like let's say uh a madison and cook or maybe like that's like you want you're you're going for the upside there and you you don't want to handcuff with cook because if cook gets injured you've wasted a roster spot you're essentially done anyways right but what about situations where like the 49ers offense where it's like tevin coleman and raheem mostert or matt or the dolphins offense with with jordan howard and matt breda Mm -hmm. you grab both of those guys and there's a good chance that one of them each week is going to provide you with a fairly possibly fantasy relevant uh scoring situation is is there not yeah i mean that that could decrease variance a little bit because when one's on the field the other is on the sidelines so like that definitely increases your floor um and then you get an extra bump if one of them's out but that that i guess that i suppose that's not like an advantage uh per se so uh i don't i don't hate the move i just don't think that would be a league winner necessarily you're really hoping that one of the two like goes off um for the season makes sense same with same scenario with like a mitch trubisky and nick Foles. that you're not taking both those guys like that one i feel like this is a great question because if you want to stack up some teams you got to take maybe two quarterbacks from the team all right let's uh let's take a kenny stills 
I don't, I don't know at? if like the depth chart looks great for him this year. So I mean, um, we're going too Reynolds? far down here. You, you can no Reynolds will be there guaranteed next round. Okay, guaranteed. Uh, maybe third tight end. Did we say OJ John Ross quadruple stack? No, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Gerald Everett. I feel like Ian Thomas is probably my highest uh, nice. play there because. Uh, he had a big year when uh, Greg Olson was off the team, so maybe he can do it again. Okay, I take it back. Maybe not guaranteed Josh Reynolds would be there. Good chance. <laughs> we can take him now if you want. I take it. I, I dialed that back a little bit. I didn't realize there were. Are we on just wide receivers here? No. So he's like tenth. Yeah. I think... uh, yeah. I, I take that back. If you want Reynolds, grab him. Let me see where he is in my rankings because it's hard to remember exactly. 169, so that that definitely seems like a good play. Um, so I'm, I'm perfectly happy with Reynolds uh, at the spot. Cole Beasley. Yeah. All right, look. Can we take a quick when you're uh, when it, when you got a sick? Let's take a quick look at our our roster construction so far. All right, let's do it. All right, so we got Tom Brady stacked with Gronk and Godwin. We've got T.Y. Elton stacked with Philip Rivers. We've got uh, Joe Burrow with the triple stack. And then running backs, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, uh, Le'Veon Bell, Boston Scott. So we've got four running backs right now. How many bench spots do we have left? Um, we got three spots. Three spots. So we've got four running backs. What's a What's a good – number what are you kind of targeting when you're knowing that you you've got an elite running back in Zeke Elliott are you five like what's five what's a good number here yeah I think just because you have 20 spots and you got like see three six seven eight roster spots every week that Mm -hmm. you you can get five or six running backs and maybe seven or eight wide receivers uh so that would leave three tight ends three quarterbacks so six, six running backs eight wide receivers three quarterbacks three tight ends is, is kind of my default um no but like do you, like that seems like maybe possibly overdrafting running backs a little bit yeah especially like when you know saquon's gonna be one of your two possibly three there is the flex spot though so you can get three yeah. scoring for each week um it's just like a lot of my players at running back are like stash players so that I'm not expecting to, to produce very often. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, so it's so freaking out for me. With this, with this part of the draft, like, like what are you hoping to accomplish here? Because like you said, you know, these guys aren't going to be contributing hugely. Are you hoping to hit that home run with like a guy who may – become you know the next uh you know a bryce love or something like that i don't he's probably gone by now but um or are you hoping to like supplement your roster with like a cole beasley or a danny amendola like a safer play that's gonna guarantee you maybe a few weeks what what what's your strategy down here i think like wide receivers that that are going to be on the field like are usually decent plays at the spot like danny amendola Mm -hmm. because the variance at that position is so high that, like, even Danny Amendola... He, he had, like, three or four games over 20 points last year. Did he really? Yeah, you're right. Like, That's take a look. Insane. So, one, two, three, yeah, he, four. He four? averaged 10 points a game, and he had 
four games over 20. <laughs> yeah. You touted him one year, one week at like 2.2% ownership. I'm like, no, not doing it. Get too safe a play. You're making me blush. And, uh, he probably won us the Yahoo thing and you didn't tell me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. We made all those lineups for Yahoo. That's awesome. <laughs> We're going to win this year, man. We're going to win. Uh, okay, so, yeah, we've got a few options like the Cole Beasley's you said. Um, what about running backs here? Are there, are there any – can we take a quick look at who's left? One of my favorite guys, he's gone now because the Q, Q or out tag uh, is off him, uh, is Carlos Hyde. That's a really good handcuff this year with – with uh, or not handcuff, but just like a, a play that could could pay dividends if Chris Carson yeah. gets injured. Um, Chris, oh, I know what, who I wanted to bring up. Sorry. Kendrick Bourne. Should we be like reaching on Kendrick Bourne here? Jalen Hurd out. Uh, Debo Samuel, who knows? Kendrick Bourne might be like starting – like might be just playing 100 percent of snaps <laughs> yeah i mean it's not it's not a bad idea he uh he's on the field a lot um i don't know if he's gonna see like a ton more snaps but he did have like good upside last year so that that's a guy like um we got amandola as you're saying i feel like his playing time yep. is pretty good um yeah. Wait, so did we, uh, did we, oh, Bourne's here, okay. Yeah, Bourne, Amendola would be, and Kenny Stills, I think would be three guys. Possibly. Okay, so I, let's go with Bourne, I like that, that play there. Um, the, the running back I'm looking at here, like, this is going to sound dumb, but Ryquell Armstead, because. Yeah, I, I like that. It's just, it's, like, it, everyone's dogging Fournette because he almost got cut. But, like, what yeah. if he gets cut, like, because the Jacksonville Jaguars have a bad season, and then. Armstead starting the last four games. Yeah, and he's he's a free agent, I believe, after this season. Like Jacksonville doesn't want to re up him. Like this is one of those late round picks that could win a year draft, right? He could goose egg and he could start for Jacksonville in possibly like a, an underrated offense, right? G Money Minshew, Chris <laughs> Conley, Lavisca Chanel, uh, uh, DJ Chark, and and Didi Westbrook. Like that's not maybe it's maybe it's not it's not terrible. It's not it's not. It's not Abysmal. I mean, it's an NFL offense, so like they're gonna have good weeks. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. That's true. So, what are we looking at? So, we got uh, one pick left. Yes. Do you so, at this point are you like looking to shore up anything? Any no, weaknesses? I, I think we got three quarterbacks, three tight ends, and seven yeah. wideouts. So maybe just one more wide receiver. Yeah. Um. So at this point, it's just like who's gonna play, right? <laughs> yeah. So Chris Conley, I think, is, I mean, now you're looking with, with LaVisca Chenault in the mix, this four receivers deep, yeah. but he did have 700 yards last year. Uh, possible uh, possibility. Um, one, one conversation that we had earlier on in this week is, like, is this a spot where you can differentiate your roster and try and grab that, like, sneaky rookie that no one else is going to have that might take off or that, you know, that, that guy that like maybe is only getting drafted in 5% of drafts, like your, your Willie Sneeds or, <laughs> um, you know, like your Devin Duvernay would be a guy who's like maybe going to win the slot job in Baltimore. Like, is this a spot where you can, you can try for the home run hit? Cause you know, this guy's probably not going to factor in generally. It's pretty hard to pass up Kenny Stills if he lasts. So I got to say, yeah, I mean, like, I like the concept. I just don't I like all the guys that I know of that would fit that. Like, are, I've been long gone here. So, like, if you have any good uh, good picks at this point, okay. It's so like, here are the guys that I think could do that. Antonio Gandy Golden could start in the slot. 
uh, for the Washington football team. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's that sounds, one. Kenny, yeah. Kenny Stills is one injury away. I mean, you got yeah. Randall Cobb who's had like 14 concussions. Uh, Will Fuller who has hamstring injuries galore. All of a sudden, Kenny Stills is the wide receiver one in that offense. So yeah. that to me is a, a real plus uh, possibility. Um, who is trick on Smith? You know, I don't think the breakout's going to come. Yeah. Uh, Duverney, as I mentioned as well, could be one in Sneed. Probably has limited upside. And um, I think that's probably we're getting towards the end of of possible. Like, yeah. can you get a look at the wide receivers there for a second? Ty- oh, another another one that that we could stack would be either Tyler Johnson or Scotty Miller from Tampa. Who Scotty Miller is probably the favorite to run in the slot, but uh, Tyler Johnson. Uh, uh, out of Minnesota, I, th- I think it was a fourth round pick, is also a possibility. So that's, you know, we, we all know how much that Tom Brady loves throwing to his, his slot receivers or has over the past few years with Edelman and, and with uh, Amendola and Wes Welker. So that's a guy that th- one of those two guys might be someone we could consider as well because we already have the Tampa stack. What's going on with Josh Gordon these days? Because uh, I can't remember if he's <laughs> no, one of the guys that no Seattle more. was looking at. No more. No, no more he's Josh not. Gordon. Okay. I don't know. I'm done with him. <laughs> you gotta take Kenny Stills here if you last. Why? Yeah, why would you not? I agree. Why would you I think not? that? That's uh, that's definitely. He he didn't have a great year last year, but we can't hold against him at at twentieth round. Twentieth round, he had how many yards did he have? Six hundred and eighty-five or something last wow, year. Wow, yeah, I can't 687. believe that's that's egregious that he's on the board here. Um, yeah. Bernard, Demarcus, like, Demarcus Robinson, but he like he really, yeah. Joe Bernard does, is not a bad one, but like Mixon that's a total have, floor play. Does Mixon have like a backup that that would take it, or would Bernard be the guy? I can't remember. No, Bernard would just stay in that role okay. as the uh, as the third down back, and I, I I'm trying to remember their um, the backup running back is uh, Tra- Travion Williams. Uh, and, and I think they've also got um, some Magi P. Ryan as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say, like, Trivian Williams would probably take over that, like, two-down back roll, and, and Joe would see an uptick in the passing game. But I think for the most part, you'd see some sort of committee. Did Kenny Stills go? Oh, shoot. What, what happened to my thing here? Like, oh, here we go. Uh, uh, the DraftKings app. He's now, gone. now we're uh, really scrambling here, so... Uh, man, who's gonna even play? Like our Sega Whiteside, is he a starter anymore? Like I can't. Gandy Golden Scantling, I guess. I'll, I'll just take him because sure. I got five seconds. But I know that yeah. Devin Funch just opted out, so that that means that's a good one. Like he's yeah. gonna see the field, right? And like if yeah. Alan Lazard disappoints at all, yeah. uh, you've got yourself a wide receiver three or wide receiver two. So, uh, yeah, not a bad option. Not a guy I feel good about, but I have a feeling he's gonna be on an NFL roster at the start of the season. So that that makes me feel good about that. <laughs> Let's before yeah, stay there. Uh, Vance McDonald just bringing up nightmares from last year. I had so much Vance McDonald. Oh man, I cry myself to sleep looking at his name. <laughs> Yeah, so let's take a look at the roster and see how we feel. I feel like the biggest mistake that I made here, and like you try to save me from it, but I drafted David Johnson too early with the idea that he was the best player on the board, but it wasn't that much more than anyone else. And if I gave him a chance to drop, then I could have had a really stacked roster, and that upside is, is more valuable. Makes sense. Uh, but at the same time, like you still... You still built a. This is a pretty good team, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Zeke Elliott, David Johnson, Lev Bell, 
solid running back core. You've got three stacks that that are that are pretty pretty solid stacks here with mm-hmm. in Tampa, Cincinnati, and uh, and a one off stack yeah. in, in Indianapolis. Three tight ends to give you some floor and some upside with Higby and Gronkowski. And then uh, we just threw numbers at the position towards the end with those uh, <laughs> with those wide receivers. So uh, I like it, man. I like I like the yeah. I like this draft. One of the what, what grade would you give it? I'd give it a B because I feel like so much regret over that one David Johnson pick. But um, <laughs> but here's the thing about this uh, this format is like if you're stacking three teams, like yeah. how many people are going to stack like the same three teams? Because there's like 32 teams. So the number of ways mm-hmm. to stack three teams is so many. So it's like just having that three team stack, that might be yeah. enough differentiation to, to have that upside to win. I think you're right. And I think three team stacks are the way to go. Uh, I've been trying to get the, the thing is like, it really depends on how your draft goes, because if you get like, let's just say you pull off like a Mahomes stack or something. And then like, you've got another really high upside stack. Maybe you get, you know, you, you, you get a, get something, something falls, a quarterback falls to you and you've got like a, a good stack. All of a sudden, like, do you really like how often is your third stack going to outscore like Mahomes and uh, you know, Deshaun Watson or something like that, right? Like you, you got to let the draft come to you in some way. So it's almost like if you do get one of those top quarterbacks, you get a Lamar Jackson, like you have to probably stack a little bit less, right? Because Lamar Jackson is going to be your guy for the season. Yeah. Like he, had, yeah. he didn't have less than 20. He had like one, one game less than 25 fantasy points last right. year. You're right. Yeah. If you have Lamar, like you don't need to stack necessarily because you can get it done on the ground and, He's averaging 25 points. I think last year it was more like 30, but like let's yeah. be reasonable. Maybe he gets 25, and then <laughs> like what's the chance that Tom Brady gets 25? He got that twice uh, twice last year. He came close two other times, but like yeah. that just shows like you don't need to stack if you got Lamar. Any other quarterback, <laughs> exactly. I think like you probably want to stack. I think I think you're right. The only Lamar stack that I am am in love with right now is just like when Mark Andrews drops because he is dropping. I've had some some teams where I take Lamar in the second round and all of a sudden Mark Andrews is there in the fourth round. You might as well take him at that point. Yeah, I mean that's I, I haven't had as much luck with uh, Mark Andrews. I don't think I've seen him on my board even like he gets drafted so much. Yeah, and, and the thing with Mark Andrews is there are always going to be better players available at that point. I think according to your rankings as well, right? Yeah. So like you got to cho- you got to make that choice between like the Lev Bell's and the David Johnsons and the Mark Andrews, and sometimes maybe you make that pivot and you take the Mark Andrews stack uh, just to differentiate a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean that, that's nice when you can pull it off for sure. Hundred percent. Uh, all right, man. Are we going to do this again next week? Yeah, Probably got good, like man. eight million more questions for you. Yeah, let us so, know in the chat like how, what you thought, and uh, we'll make sure yeah. to to take that feedback and uh, and put it in next week. Yeah, maybe we can answer more questions uh, next week as well. Uh, and we're gonna start. We got a lot of of good stuff coming up here at Osmo.com. We've got two new fantasy football podcast slash youtube shows launching next week with some of our new fantasy football crew including uh, matt gajewski and kyle dvorak 
who are uh, really good fantasy football minds. They're going to be going on podcasts with Ben Rasa and Lafay. Uh, of course, we will have some more mock drafts coming up for you and uh, all kinds of content as well. So uh, make sure to stay tuned uh, for that. And of course, sign up for our draft kit because it's basically free. You get 35 bucks at FFPC. You get so many tools. You get a strength of schedule, uh, uh, projections-based strength of schedule tool, the draft wingman, rankings, cheat sheets, tiers. It's super cheap. It's only 25 bucks, 29 bucks. <laughs> How could you not? All right. Smash that like. I forgot to ask for likes, but if you could hit that like on the way out as well, uh, we greatly appreciate that. And uh, I guess we will see you. Let's uh, let's aim for the next time, same time next week, Alex. All right. I'll see it. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for watching.